Today's passage is coming from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen this vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We therefore set sail for Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis, and then from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days, and then on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate by the river, and we were supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us, and she was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer of purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was being said by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, 7,000 years ago, the first documented board game was created. It was actually done in Turkey, and they found some earlier pictures of this board game. And I don't know if any of y'all can have a good guess of what it was, but anybody have an idea what the first board game involved? Dice. Dice. But it wasn't the type of dice that you and I think of. It was actually sticks that are a little wider than toothpicks with numbers on it. And they would take it and they would throw them in the air the best they could gather and then add up the numbers from the sticks. And that's how they did their dice. Over time the dice begin to take form to what we recognize. It started out as sticks, then they used stones, they used knuckles, interestingly, and then it came to the Roman dice, which is what looks more like what we have today. And I don't know about you and your family, but over the past couple of years, due to the pandemic and things of that nature, we had to get more creative and spend more family time at home doing family activities. And so, of course... We came up, let's do some family game nights, right? I don't know if you'll ever have family game nights. Some people have it as a scheduled night every week. Ours is more sporadic. We'll be like, hey, I haven't seen the kids in a while. They've been in their rooms all day. Let's go get everybody at the dining room table. Let's do family game night. And, you know, the board games are the best or the ones that are handed down to you from family you had for a while, that there's tape holding the edges of the box together and that kind of thing. Those are the best. And so one of our favorite family games that we like to play involves dice. We'll play Yahtzee. That loud game with the plastic cup and the dice, throwing the dice on the table, adding it up to see who gets the highest score. But Yahtzee is one of our most favorite family games. But growing up, my buddies and I had a different game that I enjoyed. And it was one that took a while to play. We would do spend-the-night parties and play all night this board game. And this game was created in the 1950s in France, bought by Parker Brothers, brought to America. They Americanized it a little bit, but it's called Risk. 
the game risk. The one that you can set up and you think you're about to conquer the world, but then, uh uh-oh, the wrong role, the wrong play, and you're losing all your territory to your buddies. We'd play that all night long. It's a very, very involved game. But the game of risk. When we look at the passage today in Scripture, and when we look at a lot of stories in Scripture, there are a lot of stories about individuals taking risk. Risk of faith. Something that would get you outside of your comfort zone. And we see a lot of that from different people in this story that were taking risk. You see, it starts out with verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision, and there stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Words of Luke, we and us. We're hearing Luke talk in Acts. Luke wrote Acts. The Gospel of Luke has a second part. That's why I like Acts. It's just so it's a continuation of the story from the resurrection and ascension of what the early believers came across and were called to do. Before this scene here, Paul was trying to start up a mission to go to Asia Minor. But the Holy Spirit kept stopping him, saying, No, you're not to go to Asia Minor. No, you're not to go. Even though Paul wanted to go, Holy Spirit said no. And then he gets a vision of a man saying, go to Macedonia, which is in Europe. Paul is being called on a missionary trip to Europe. So he gathers his crew. He gets Luke, Timothy, and they go to Macedonia. They go to this area where they have this vision to the first place in Europe that was going to receive them. And so as they set sail, they set sail from Tauros and took a straight to Samothrace. And it's interesting that they mention these things because this is a naval trip by boat. And to talk about how quickly they got there lets you know that this, the wind was at their sails. They got there quicker than normal, meaning that they were truly on a mission that God had called them on since they had such good traveling grace to their destination. But they got there. And on the Sabbath day, they went outside the gate by the river where they supposed there'd be a place of prayer. There was no synagogue for the Jews in this area, but they had places by the river designated for groups to pray. Rome would keep a, let's say, lack of a better word, a running list of approved religions, okay, that they would allow within their empire. And then there would be some religions that they would not Rome really didn't care that much about your religion as long as they knew what was going on, that you didn't meet secretively or meet at nighttime, and also as long as your religion never took you to rebellion against the, the emperor. Okay, So as long as you were just a calm, cool, not getting in the way type of religion, weren't real secretive, suspicious, they let you kind of do what you wanted to do. And so the Jewish religion had approval from the Roman Empire to exist. And so when they went on the Sabbath day, they knew, well, there's no synagogue, but there's going to be a place where we can go and pray, okay, and, and do our worship and be allowed to do that. So that's what they were looking for when they came across this individual named Lydia. 
So they took a risk. They went to Macedonia. The Holy Spirit led them there. Even though they wanted to go to Asia Minor. And they got there in record speed. And as they got to the place of prayer on the Sabbath, it's almost as God had this all kind of planned out. They came in and met this woman named Lydia. Now Lydia is an interesting character because she is from the city of Tatira and a dealer of purple cloth. Purple was the color of royalty. Those in, of wealthier statuses would have purple cloth and wear purple garments. And so she was an individual who would deal in purple cloth. She knew, interacted with the wealthiest of Rome. Maybe even knew some politicians, knew people of importance because of her trade. She was well-connected, a well-connected individual. And the Lord moved her. The Lord called her to be at this place to where she would hear and come in contact with Paul. And when she heard Paul, heard their prayers, her heart opened up to the Lord. She was converted. The first person to be converted to the faith on his mission trip to Europe, Lydia, a woman of importance, woman with connections who deals with purple cloth, became a follower of Christ. You see, at this time, as the faith, as this new movement, this, this Jesus movement was taking hold, many people viewed those that followed Christ just as a group of Jewish people, not their own religion yet, as they were forming and getting new followers, but yet they were forming a new religion, one that called dedication and faithfulness to this man named Jesus who's the Messiah and to believe in his resurrection, to believe that he fulfilled the law and lived it out for us. So this is a new thing. But those from Rome just saw this group of Christians as just a separate kind of subset of Judaism. And Rome didn't have them on the approved list of religions because they didn't see them as that. They viewed Christians suspiciously. Why? Well, they were kind of an outcast from their own faith, of the the Jewish faith. So they would meet in homes. Seems a little too secretive for the Romans. Okay, And they didn't like secretive things. But early fathers met in homes. Sometimes they would meet at nighttime. They would hear these weird rituals of drinking the blood of the new covenant and eating the body of Christ. And to them that was confusing because they didn't understand the significance of that and what that means to the faith. And so a lot of Roman governors, a lot of Roman emperors even, will begin to persecute Christians, early Christians. It took almost 300 years before Rome put Christianity down as one of the official religions of the empire. So for 300 years, Christians had this up and down you know, movement in the empire being persecuted. So for Lydia, a woman of connection, a dealer of purple cloth, someone who knew a lot of people, was moved by Paul, moved by these missionaries that had come to this river spot on the Sabbath. And she opened her heart to the Lord. She took a risk to become a follower of Christ. And not just her, 
But she brought her entire household with her. And they were all baptized in the new faith. Not just her, but her whole family became part of this movement from Paul. And not only did she just get baptized, not only did she just bring her whole family, but she invited Paul and his friends to come and stay with her. She took a risk. She took a risk in faith, accepted what Christ was calling her, and not only accepted it, but then invited Paul and his missionary friends to come stay with her, which is the ultimate symbol of hospitality of the day. The types of people you invite into your home says a lot about you in that day and age. And she was making a very big proclamation of who in her household were going to follow, and that was Jesus Christ. So she took a risk. And you know, when you look back on that too, to be a Christian, each and every one of us have to decide to take risk in our own life, in our own faith. Christ didn't say that becoming a disciple of him, following him would be easy. He had a very difficult time. He was crucified. So when we accept Jesus Christ and we make that decision to live and to follow him, there's going to be some risk involved. It won't always be easy. There will be challenges. And people sometimes don't like to take risk. You probably know some people in your life that may take forever to make a decision because they're so afraid of the risk. They become paralyzed and don't move in life. You know, and that happens to each and every one of us. You know, whether you're facing a changing career, it may be a risky move to quit your job and take the new one. If you're deciding on moving to a different place, like a different state, there's a risk involved in that. There's a risk involved whenever you decide to get married one day, right? That this person you're hoping to be with for the rest of your life, that it works out. There's risk, like I said, even becoming a Christian because at times in life, you have to kind of go against what society says you must do. And that is hard for many people. It is hard to put sometimes other folks first before yourself, as we are called to do. It is sometimes hard to put your full faith in a God that it is sometimes hard to see and feel, but to have that trust that it will all work out in some way in the end for the good. There's challenges. And some folks don't want to face those challenges. And some folks don't want to take the risk. And so they become paralyzed. And you know, I think this story here should motivate us and show us that if we take those risks in some, some unique way, God will come through. Because God is always with you through the good and through the bad. Just as Sam said with his children's moment and the swimming and how he reinforced that God is with us. That is a message that I think we see right here in this passage as God is with these individuals as he calls them to go to Macedonia and they come across Lydia and her whole family, including her, become believers. The town that she is from, we know that that town 
has a Christian church later because in the book of Revelations, it is one of those churches in her town that those letters goes to. So we know because of Lydia and her household, the town she goes back to, a church gets started. A new church gets started. There's so much newness going on in this moment right here. As a church body, if we just think back to what we just did as St. Matthew's, we bought a whole new property next door. Why? Because we felt that it was necessary for the ministries of the church to have that extra facility. And in having that extra facility, we have been able to do so much more already. There's going to be so many new things that are about to be done to that facility that will allow more ministries to take place. New folks to get to know Jesus Christ. More folks in our community can be impacted by that. But it's a risk, right? Whenever you take on more property, there's more cost involved, right? There's more maintenance involved. You've got to keep it up. If something happens to it, you've got to fix it. Cost increase with utilities. There's all these financial risk and other risk involved by taking that on. But as a church, we decided that it was worth the risk because of the potential that it has. Because of new people that can be reached. Whenever we start a new ministry in the church, there's a risk involved. Will it succeed? Will there be people to help volunteer in that new ministry? Will God be glorified in what we do? It's going to take a lot of energy and effort to start something new. Is it worth it? Yes, it is worth it. We have to keep reminding ourselves, if the Spirit moves you, there's a reason for that. There's a risk involved, but you must take the risk. Just as in the board game of risk, if you never move your armies and try to take over neighboring territories, you'll never win the game. You'll never win the game. Christianity is a religion of taking risk and movement. The minute the church stops taking risk is the minute that the church begins to fail. We cannot get too comfortable in our seats here on Sunday mornings. We can't get too comfortable on coming to eat a nice meal on Wednesday night live. We can't get too comfortable in hearing a good Bible study. We have to take risk and move. Those are just the catalyst to the movement that we are all called to take. The risk in our own lives. Individually, each and every one of you has new opportunities each and every day to proclaim the good news, to live and to share how Jesus Christ is impacting your life and why knowing Him, serving Him, sharing in His good news is better than anything this earth has to offer. Better than any type of purple cloth that Lydia could ever have given any of her people, her customers, those that she knew. She, when she became a follower of Christ, she had something more valuable than that purple cloth to share with the world. And we are in that same position. As a church, as an individual, we are in that same position there. And so this story from Acts is one of the many stories that I think we all should be reading each and every day as reminders 
The reminder of Paul and his mission team being told to go somewhere new, somewhere that they didn't think they were supposed to go. They didn't want to go. They wanted to go to Asia Minor, but they were called to go to Europe, to Macedonia, in a vision. So they took the risk and went. Lydia being curious enough to listen to Paul, have her heart open, and then become baptized and her whole family be baptized and invite them into her home. She took a risk. Life is not without risk. And I think as a Christian, we are called to make those tough choices. We are called to get outside of our comfort zone and take those risks for Christ. You know, sometimes in life, you just want to take those dice and roll them. Because if not, you'll never win. Let us pray.